$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Let's ride. Decided before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. All right, guys, we're very excited today on the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are joined by one of the Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitchers. He's burst onto the scene this season, 2022. Ryan Pepio has joined the show today. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. We're very grateful. How's it going? Thank you guys for having me. I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you. All right, so I got some questions for you then. I'll pass it over to my other colleagues here. So my first question is, What's the experience been like as a rookie to start games for a Dodgers team that you know is chasing a World Series, and how has that helped your development? Um, it's really, really special to be able to come up and join this team. Um, I mean, obviously, we're in first place um, in our division and then also, like, one of the best records in baseball, if not the best, I think. Um, so, like, to be able to come up and have that and have that support and just have the veteran leadership that we have in the clubhouse – that they've just kind of like taken me under their wing and everybody's been super genuine and kind and like just trying to help me out in the best uh, they can for me um, has just been, been huge. Awesome. And yes, you've been really holding your own so far. Really impressed. Uh, we've been following you since you were drafted by the Dodgers in 2019. I remember before the 2021 season began, you made some spring training appearances and I saw that change up. I was like, okay, this guy's going to be good. So my next question is, so your fastball spin rate, according to StatCast, has been near the top of the league. Your changeup has been nearly unhittable. Uh, and according to StatCast, you throw a slider 19% of the time. Um, from what I've been reading, it seems like you've been really working on it this season. So I wanted to know, uh, has Mark Pryor been working with you on it, uh, as well as the rest of the Dodgers development team? And then on top of that, are you potentially working on a fourth pitch? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they've been helping me with the slider and a little bit more emphasis on it. Um, like going out throughout the minor leagues, um, especially like going in last year, like double A down, like I didn't really need it a whole lot. Um, it was just being able to go out there and use fastball changeup. But then they're like, okay, once you get up to the higher levels, you're going to have to use the slider. So it's been kind of an emphasis on using it. And it's kind of like more of a cutter slider hybrid just because my fastball kind of has arm side run, changeup already does this. So I don't need something going super far to the left. So they've been working on that with me and just having something consistent to use and having a third option. And then I think going into the offseason, I'm sure they're going to ask and try to work with me on having a fourth option as well. Awesome. All right, guys, passing it over to you. Go ahead, Jake. 
All right, Ryan. So obviously this roster, in my opinion, as a Dodgers fan, been watching this team since I was a little kid. This is the by far the the best constructed roster I've ever seen. Um, you've got superstars all over the place, but also guys that just are insanely good at their roles. Like we just saw with, with Trace Thompson, who always seems to rise to the occasion. Um, with you, you know, kind of bursting onto the scene as a rookie, is there anyone in the clubhouse that you've kind of gravitated towards that's kind of maybe taken you under his wing or someone you've looked up to since you've been there? Um, I've probably hung out with Tony the most. Um, I mean, we've had our lockers next to each other like the whole time. So, I mean, he's closer to my age and like I've known him for a couple of years and when we've been able to talk. And so like now he's just like, okay, this was me a couple of years ago. Let me help you out. Um, so we go to breakfast all the time on the road or when we're here in, in L.A. Um, and then in the locker room, we're just talking all the time. And then Walker, I've talked to a bunch. Um, honestly, like everybody's super genuine. So like I talked to and try to pick little pieces from everybody. So it's not like just one specific person. But if I had to pick somebody, probably Tony. That's a really interesting because Tony, you know, it hasn't been always been easy for him. You know, he's battled with injuries and he's kind of had to, you know, tough it out in a lot of ways. Do you kind of look at his trajectory as something that, you know, even if things, you know, don't go your way or you, you maybe struggle here and there that you can kind of see it and say, you know what, eventually I could make it to the top of this rotation. You know, he was an all-star this year and he, he's been consistently uh, one of the best pitchers in the rotation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of it was just like, he's like, hey, like two, three years ago, this was me. Like you come up, you pitch, you get sent back down right away. You come back up a few weeks later, do the same thing all over again. So he was just kind of just helping me out with like, hey, like wherever you're at. And Mitch White helped me out a ton too, because he had had it even worse last year. But um, it, it was more just like whenever they give you the ball, wherever you're at, you just take it. Um, and then when you get the opportunity to hang out and stay, like, enjoy it because it is a fun team to be a part of. So that's, that's pretty much been the gist from Tony. Yeah. We, we, uh, we love Mitch white on this podcast. Yeah. So. We're very pro Mitch white, <laughs> we're pro Mitch white. Um, so I kind of want to get a sense of the, the vibe in the clubhouse. I mean, obviously we, you know, when we see the team on the field, it looks very, you know, business as usual. Everyone kind of knows their role, does their job, but you guys also have, you know, have a lot of fun. We've seen some, you know, Instagram stories from Hanser Alberto likes to have a lot of fun. And, you know, yeah. we've seen DJ Mookie Betts uh, kind of give us a vibe of what it's like in the clubhouse. I mean, is it, is it kind of like that loose atmosphere or is it more kind of like you need to come in and do your job? Combination of both. I think it's a lot more on the side of like you do you kind of like each person is going to go about it differently. Someone may be a little more serious. Someone may be a little more, try to have some fun, like answer Alberto, like he's out there just having a good time. Um, DJ has been Phil Bigford lately. Um, so yeah, Phil back there with the tunes pregame. Um, <laughs> how, but, is he, how does he compare to Mookie? Honestly, I haven't been around when Mookie was doing it, so <laughs> I don't have much to say. Um, but honestly, but Phil, but Phil, but Phil does, does the job. Does, they have a good like setup. JT does it sometimes too. But, um, yeah, they have a good setup and they got a good playlist. So Phil is up there and he knows what he's doing. But it's, it's, fun. it's a fun clubhouse and everyone's kind of just pulling for each other. Um, so there, it's obviously business as usual. Every game we go out there and expect to win every night. And then we expect to also have fun while we're doing it because we get to play a game that we all played since we were little kids and love. So 
you can't really complain about that. Sweet. I have a couple more questions, but uh, in the meantime, let's pass it over to David. Yeah. So uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, my first question is at any point since you've been called up, did you have like a kind of holy shit moment where it all felt real, whether it was seeing Clayton Kershaw or, or Mookie Betts in the clubhouse or your first start or your first start at home? Uh, and if you did, what, what was that moment for you? Uh, probably two of them was probably first time, like uh, I was getting ready in Pittsburgh. Uh, and then I walked out because I do all my stuff inside before mm. like walk, play catch. And I like walked out of the tunnel. And I saw like all my family and friends because I'm from Indianapolis. So it's like the right. closest place to home in like, yep. years. So I saw all my family and friends who like came out and they're all right down the first baseline as I was walking out to the outfield. And I'm like, okay, I turned around and I looked at the stadium. And I was like, all right, holy cow, like this is real. Yeah. And when I stepped on the mound for the first time in Dodger Stadium, like with fans there, because I got pitched there with nobody there in like mm -hmm. 2020 season, which was kind of shocking and big moment but then when you get there and there's 50,000 people staring at you I'm like okay holy cow there's a lot of people <laughs> yeah. this thing goes away and, and then I'm like I can see my family and my wife like in the second level where they have like the family section and then I'm like that's a lot current kind of crazy because there's still two levels above them um, yeah and um that those were a couple of holy crap moments yeah. 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 No, the top deck at Dodger stadium. I don't know if you've been up there, but you get to the top and you just straight down. It's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. It's but, uh, I'm kind of like sometimes afraid of heights, sometimes not. And <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely avoid the top deck in that case. All right. Uh, second question is, so you kind of rose through the minor league ranks pretty quickly from 2019 to now. Uh, so my question is, if you had to pick one, you don't have to pick one. If you, you could, you can name a couple, but who's someone in the Dodgers minor league system that, you know, you've, you've seen or played with that Dodgers fans should be excited about. Cause you know, a lot of fans won't necessarily follow the, you know, the minor leagues and they'll see the guys who have already come up. Uh, but who's a, who's a, who's a guy or a couple guys that Dodgers fans should be excited about. Uh, Michael Bush for sure. Um, um, great guy. Like just like one of the most genuine human beings out there. And then just, an all-around gamer out there on the field can swing yeah. it defense um and he's just a fun guy in the locker room and in the dugout um let's see let me pick another one maybe somebody like that's not i was gonna say vargas but everyone already knows about vargas and yeah. um outman too he's a good player and a good dude mm -hmm. um gosh there's so there's so many i'm trying to pick somebody that like maybe somebody may not think about right um honestly I'm, I mean, Gavin Stone's a good dude. He's a good pitcher, and everyone's kind of like starting to figure that out. Um, let's see. Who else? Who else? Gavin Stone was actually on this podcast right after he got drafted. Right after. Yep. From his car. From nice, his car. Very nice guy. I remember seeing that, and I was like, dude, you did a podcast on the car. He goes, yeah, I kind of lost track of time. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, honestly, there's so many guys in the organization that are just good players and good, good guys. Yeah, um, like I have to tell the Dodgers on it on doing that, and like do they do a good job of <clears throat> like figuring out the character of people before drafting them too, and like it, it, I think it pays dividends, especially like in the clubhouse and then on the field and like building team chemistry and like a winning culture. Yeah, right on. I got one more, but I'll save it for the end. Go ahead, Kev. All right, this is where we're gonna see a little of your personality now. So 
brace yourselves. Give me, <laughs> give me one fictional movie or TV character you'd go on a guy's trip with. Oh, wow. Fictional movie. Or um, TV. Or TV show. Um, fictional. Let's see. Honestly, I haven't really watched a whole lot of fictional stuff lately. Um, let's see. I mean, I'd go on a guy's trip with like Kevin Hart or like Dwayne The Rock Johnson when they're in movies together. That, that, awesome. that works. I mean, those two guys together. I mean, you can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. What, what's, a, what's a band or a musical act that just fires you up? Um, let's see. I'm a big country person, so um, I've been I've been on a big Luke Combs kick lately. I so, love Luke Combs. So you can't 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 complain there. Very nice. Well, then, let me let me let me just jump in because my my question kind of connects to that. So, what what is your what is your warm up song? Uh, and and tell us how you came to that decision. Um, let's see. I it's American Ride by Toby Keith. Or not, I don't think it's Toby Keith. I forget. It's, it's American. I think it is Toby Keith, but it's American Ride. Um, uh, let's see. I forget what I had last year when I was doing, but then I changed it to the 4th of July on the 4th of July. And I picked American Ride and I went like seven perfect. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right. And then last one for now. What's one thing you want to do in Los Angeles that you haven't been able to do yet? Oh, I got to spend like three months in LA and the 2019 off season because my wife was a professional ballerina here. Mm. So I got to do a good amount of stuff. Um, let's see. I would have said like drive up the coast in a convertible on the on like uh, Pacific Coast Highway, but I've done that. That was one thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, honestly, probably like just be down the street and like run into a celebrity. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good like, answer. I've done that and like I've seen people like I'm like oh my gosh that guy's in the movies like her but then like I don't really recognize like know their name but like somebody like big time I just like happen to walk down the street maybe like walk into a Trader Joe's or something like that and get some groceries and next thing you know they're popping out I'm like oh hello <laughs> that, that is a very LA thing so I got to like say something because like when I was at uh Kershaw's ping pong challenge a couple weeks ago like Will Ferrell was there and I, I just kind of cramped up and I didn't say anything. Like, <laughs> uh, he, he was probably pretty excited to see you. Cause well, it kind of go, goes Dodgers both ways. Fan. Yeah. Like Turner Moore. So like, I didn't want to like barge in there. Uh, but like uh, Max, what's his last name? Steadfield or something like that. And Lamorne Morris from uh, uh, new girl. New girl. Mm. Like we were there and I, I kind of cramped up and said, didn't say something to them either, but <laughs> Somebody else didn't. They're like, dude, they wanted to talk to all of us, but they were kind of scared too. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes both ways. I, I wanted to ask you real quick. You're, so your wife's a ballerina. What's that all about? So <clears throat> we went to school together um, at Butler, and she was an uh, arts administration degree major. So it was like you basically did ballet and also got a business degree. So uh, she graduated in 2019, the year I got drafted. month before I got drafted, she – Signed with a professional ballerina comp- ballet company in downtown LA, and then a month later, I got drafted to the Dodgers. Whoa, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Was that just like a coincidence, or you kind of knew uh, that, that was coming? No, it was kind of just a coincidence. That's amazing. Like where she like had like 
looked at companies in LA and like Pittsburgh and a couple other spots and then ended up going with the one in LA. And then a month later, Dodgers picked me. How's your ballet skills, Ryan? <laughs> uh, no. Not good. No, no. Uh, that was like that was a quick no. That was a quick, very no. quick no. Um, I do I do have one more uh question for you. So um you kind of touched on it a little bit when you 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 kind of have to deal with uh being called up and being sent down and kind of going between uh the minors and, and the majors. Um what what is the most difficult part about that? How do you how do you stay ready in those moments when you do get the call up? I think the hardest thing is not having a set routine between like every start because a lot of them get moved around. Like I think I've had six or seven starts this year that I've had either bumped a day or two or completely skipped or something like that. Cause they're like, Hey, they may need you. And it's kind of hard. like when I went to AAA, I realized it a little bit last year where like the needs of the big league club kind of outweigh like the AAA team. Like where if somebody's like set to pitch, they're like, Oh, but we may need you in a day or two. It kind of just goes, all right, well, you're getting bumped a couple of days. Like, even if they don't end up needing you. Um, so it's been, it's kind of interesting. And I, I talked a lot with Tony and Mitch um, about it, where it's like, wherever you're at, whenever you get the chance to get, get the ball, just give it everything you got. And that's what I've been doing. So whether it's up here, down there, whether I've pitched uh, five days ago or 10, uh, it's just go out and give my best. It's amazing. <laughs> Can't imagine. I mean, I always thought about that because like, you know, it would be kind of weird if you, if you just pitched like two days ago and they're calling you up. So like mm-hmm. they, they kind of dictate that uh, yeah. of your, of your pitching schedule. That must be, it must be tough to stay kind of in a routine. Yeah. So like normally like in my five day routine, like I'll take it easy the day after I pitch, throw a bullpen on day two. And then the next two days kind of like light recover, do what I need to do to get ready for the fifth day. But then sometimes it turns into six, obviously my release is six because you have the Monday off day. Um, but then sometimes it turns into seven. I've had, I've had 12 or 14 this year too, a couple of times. So like, it, it's just like, so however I can, whatever I can do to stay ready, throw a couple extra bullpens, have a couple guys stand in, whatever I can, um, to try to simulate anything, um, to get me ready. Word. Well, it's working for you, man. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I got one more, I got one more question for you and it's kind of stupid, but here it goes. Aliens, are they real? Or are they not real? Real, 100%. Wow. R- really good answer. So follow-up wow. question is, have they visited Earth before? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay, good. You can come back on the podcast. Yeah, anytime. aliens are real and you can't do ballet. Those were quick answers. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm right. prepared. We got one more phoned in, and that's actually a good question. Do you have any nicknames? Uh, Pep. Everybody just calls me Pep. Pep. Yeah. All right. That's easy enough. I'll be that growing up. Like when I got to college and professors started calling me Ryan, I didn't really respond to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's all we got for you today. So Ryan Pepio, thank you so much for joining the Incline Dodgers. We really appreciate your time and we look forward to watching you pitch for the Dodgers for hopefully the next decade. Plus Uh, you're only going to get better. So really excited for what the future holds for you. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Ryan. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Thank you. Thank you. So as you guys just heard on the Incline Dodgers podcast, that was Ryan Pepio just a day before he went on the mound to face the favorite to win the signing award, Sandy Alcantara. Also, what's cool about Ryan Pepio joining us is it was his birthday the next day. So on his 25th birthday, not only did he outpitch Alcantara, he picked up the W. He went six innings, gave up two runs, a career-high seven strikeouts. He's now 2-0 on the season. So pretty awesome, dude. I'm also joined by David and Jake Reiner, of course. So any other additional thoughts on Pepio joining the show? Learn anything interesting? Uh. Yeah, I mean, he's a super chill guy. I mean, you know, I feel like I say that every time we have one of these guys on here, uh, but it's pretty cool that, like, all of them have just been, like, dudes, you know? There's not really been anyone who's been, like, weird or awkward or uncomfortable. It's all just kind of just everybody's just a guy. Uh, But very happy he believes in aliens. Uh, I'm a huge alien guy, as I've talked about before. So that was one of my main takeaways uh, and I'm glad that uh, he's had discussions about that third and fourth pitch, uh, specifically the fourth pitch, uh, which could definitely take his game to the next level, no doubt. I love that he and Tony Gonsolin have gotten close. He talked about their lockers being right next to each other and Pepio learning from Tony Gonsolin, not only as a guy that is obviously well-established in this rotation, but going through the similar path that Tony went through up and down, up and down. Tony's dealt with some injuries too. So all that experience really good for Pepio. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he came up, made a great start, got sent right back down. It's kind of the life of a, uh, a minor leaguer, a rookie. So um, cool that he got that experience and got, got to talk to Tony Gonsolin and, yeah, he's he's going to he's going to be a special player. And so it, it was really cool for him to come on the podcast. You know, I just want to throw it out there that um, we don't just talk to pitchers. We can talk to position players, too. So uh, if any position players out there that listen to this or follow one of us, uh, come on down. Yeah, I mean, he had the best start of his career the day after he was on here. So I don't want to coincidence. I don't want to. I don't think I think we should take credit for that, honestly. It's the only thing we can take credit for. So why don't we just take credit? I, for yeah, it? I, I think we should absolutely take credit for that. I'm taking no credit. That was all Ryan. He was phenomenal. He is getting better with every start. And the Dodgers laid an absolute dud against the Brewers in the first game of this series. Got shut out for nothing. Their first shutout at Dodger Stadium this season. But overall, they're an 84 and 37 team. Best record in Major League Baseball. And we just talked about that final game against Alcantara. Not only did they beat Alcantara, they absolutely destroyed him. Coming into the coming into that game, he was leading Major League Baseball with a 192 ERA. 
Uh, after that game, he is no longer leading the National League in ERA. That title now goes to Tony Gonsolin as Alcantara's ERA ballooned to 219. He's still having a good season nonetheless. But the Dodgers held him to a season low, three and two-thirds innings pitched. They got six earned runs off him, 10 hits. Cody Bellinger with a three-run home run. Will Smith, separate times, was able to drive home Dodgers. Uh, the Will Smith campaign, he's having his best season to date, in my opinion. He's up to 18 home runs, 73 RBIs, hitting 274 on the season. Uh, 954 OPS with 18 RBIs over his last 15 games. So he is definitely stepping up at the right time of the season. But back to Bellinger, he did have a reset, missed two games, was a little uh, slow coming out of the gate, but that's a big statement. Uh, Homer off arguably the best pitcher statistically in the National League when you're batting near the bottom of the order too. Hopefully that gives big confidence to Cody Bellinger moving down the stretch. He's having such a weird year. Because it's like he'll struggle for a while and then he'll do something like that. Uh, And that's kind of been his year last year, too, where it's just you don't really know when he's going to come through. But it feels like he is always going to come through at some point. So, you know, you see other, you know, other people and other sites and other podcasts specifically wanting to, you know, bench Cody Bellinger. And it's like you can't bench the guy. You just can't because it doesn't matter who it's against, when it is. If it's a big situation or a big moment, he always has that potential to come up clutch, which he has his whole career. So I don't care what the hell he does for the rest of the year. That is my starting center fielder in the playoffs for pretty much every game. Uh, if maybe if there's a, a, t- a super tough lefty in the uh, starting on the mound, maybe you bring him in after that pitcher comes out. But aside from that, he is the starting center fielder and that should be the end of the, the, the debate. With all of the mixing and matching that Dave Roberts has been doing, and to his credit, he's done a pretty decent job of getting guys in there and making sure that uh, that outfield gets shuffled around uh, as it does. But at a certain point, you got to start to pick your lineup. What is your lineup going into the postseason? And with the way that Trace Thompson has emerged and continues to come up clutch as well, um, he always seems to stay ready. But I'd like to see him in there a little more consistently. Joey Gallows had a few good games, but it's it's tough to stay sharp uh, when you're in and out of the lineup every other day. And it's not ju- they're not just platooning these guys. I mean, I've seen Gallows sit against righties as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they form this lineup and what the playoff lineup will be versus a lefty and versus a righty. But I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit. But you gotta you gotta think about Chris Taylor and if, if he's, you know, if he's going to continue to to struggle like he, like he does, and he does tend to strike out in some really, really bad spots to strike out in uh, with runners on and, and it, it, it's tough and I'm not going to write him off because I know his experience and his, uh, his postseason experience and the way that he has been clutch his entire Dodgers career. So I'm not going to write him off, but at the end of the day, you do have to play the hot hand. Also wonder if they're able to squeeze Austin Barnes in there at catcher and then Will Smith, the DH that even makes it even more of a narrow gap to fit some of these guys in. Cause definitely, but it, but it makes the defense better too. Yeah, exactly. And I think defense is more important overall, if, especially if everyone else is firing on all cylinders, uh, cause you, you win with pitching. That's, that's ultimately how you get through the playoffs. You got to hold the opposition to lower runs than you. So Got to make your pitchers comfortable. Uh, 
So this was a blowout against the Marlins, 19 to four. The Dodgers absolutely ambushed on Mattingly's squad. But how about that second game? Coming off Tommy John surgery, making his 2022 debut, talking about Dustin May, who went five innings, allowed just one hit, nine strikeouts, looked like he hadn't missed a beat. And he's making a strong case already to be in that playoff rotation. It's it's a good problem to have. There's six viable options, but I mean, he gave up a leadoff double and then didn't allow a, a hit the rest of the game. He had full swag mode going, throwing 98, 99 mile per hour, two seamers and sinkers and a filthy changeup as well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I expected. I expected a not smooth first inning and then I expected him to settle in. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, obviously, the adrenaline was was cooking in the first inning. I mean, you haven't pitched in 15 months or whatever it's been. And you get to do it at Dodger Stadium, coming back from Tommy John. And he was he was simply electric. I mean, you cannot keep, as I said last week when we had Chris on, you can't keep that guy out of the playoff rotation. I mean, you just can't. And, yes, yeah, some people are going to say, well, yeah, it's just the Marlins. Their lineup is, is in the bottom third of the league, no doubt. Uh, but he's still got three, four, five more starts until the playoffs at least. So if he keeps this up, I, I can guarantee you they are not keeping that guy out of the playoff rotation. I don't know who's going to be out of it, but he will not be out of it. He, he well, that was, was simply be, electric. Well, let's let's have that debate right now. Well, who who is who is is getting bumped out of that rotation if you put May in there? I don't it's know, Anderson, but it's not going to be because Dave Roberts. Well, it already, already is Anderson. I'm talking about the top. Th- I'm talking about one, two, three. You're putting May in one, two, in in I assume in the first three, right? No, four. I'm asking David. So. This is uncomfortable for me to say, but Kershaw right now, my playoff rotation, even if Kershaw is healthy, does not include him in the top four. It doesn't. Obviously I need to see more from May. I need to see him do what he just did about three or four more times and build on it. But you know, I, we don't know what Kershaw is going to be. If he comes back, we don't know if he's healthy. You can't, you healthy. can't, you can't take out Arias. You can't take out Gonsolin. If May does that, you can't take May out. And Anderson has been better than Kershaw this year. Well, I mean, consistently at least. So I, I, that's just, it's it sucks to say. And I, you know, as the biggest Kershaw stand there is, it's, I feel weird saying it, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at. You got to see where Kershaw is. I mean, you just have to, you have to see what he is coming back from whatever, you know, injury he has this time. I First mean, of all, it, He's he's already through a three inning simulated game today. His timetable is returning in two weeks. That's yeah, he'll be early back. September. Statistically, when he was on the mound, he was definitely better than Tyler Anderson. Probably even better than Julio Urias to an extent. He took two perfect games into the eighth inning, or he could have taken the sec the first one into the eighth inning. He got pulled obviously against the Twins. But it's he's the all time postseason strikeout leader. He's battled every great team that he's had to face in the postseason. He's been to three World Series. You can't write off that that experience. Even if it's an 80% Clayton Kershaw, I'm going to trust that more than Tyler Anderson, who's never been there, done that. And as good as Anderson's been, Kershaw is still better. Tony Gonsolin's better. Dustin May might be better. And then obviously Julio Urias is better. And Roberts already alluded that he wants to go to a guy comfortable out of the bullpen. Well, who was out of the bullpen basically in all of April? Tyler Anderson. I agree. Look, I agree that that's what they're going to do. 
I'm just saying right now, he's not in my top four. I, I got to see what he's like when he comes back, period. Yes, that is that is key. But what they are going to do is they're not they're, they're going to bring May out of the bullpen. I really believe that. And I think that if Kershaw is healthy, ready to go, he's going to start a postseason game. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree. No with way that. he isn't. Agreed. But I just don't think they're going to bring May out of the bullpen. I just I don't. I really don't. I just don't see how you can bring that out of a bullpen and, and not give him the ball to start the game and let him go six innings. I just, I just don't see it. Well, I mean, look, you've got May and Anderson. Both have experience coming out of the pen. Those are nasty pieces to throw in there in case any of these starters struggle, like like Gonsolin has in the past. I mean, hey, it's the a good, this is the opposite of the problem we had last year. So this is a yes. good debate. I think they interviewed Dustin May, and he said he's not very comfortable coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. So I think they're going to avoid but none that. None of these starters are. They, nobody wants to come out of the bullpen, but well, you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. 2020, but, I mean, he really came onto the scene last year, let's be honest. I mean, before he got hurt, he was he was a Cy Young candidate. Like, that's yeah, he was the untouchable. Yeah, so he's still got a month to go before the postseason. I, I just I think he's going to pitch his way – into this top three. He's basically got a, a, a 2020 season part two to work with. It's going to be pretty close to the amount of starts. Uh, yeah. Before the injury, he had like 35 strikeouts over 23 innings a 274 ERA. I want to say, I think they'll line him up to start game four, but I could also see them going to him in game one. If they just want to close the door and get the guaranteed W, especially in the NLCS because then if he's rested, you can bring him back for like a game five, I suppose if it gets that far. But yeah, I think I'm a, I'm on David's side right now. I would say Dustin may is most likely the game four starter. Just too good to bring out of the bullpen. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, if we're talking game four, of course, but if we're talking one, two, three and Kershaw's healthy, it's going to be him. Yeah, I mean Kershaw's the game two starter. You can you can lock that baby in, especially if it's, I mean it's going to be at Dodger Stadium, so they're going to want him with the home crowd, no doubt about it. Um, uh, where else was I going to go? So that yeah, they destroyed the Marlins. They got the Marlins coming up for another four after this Brewer series. Uh, Max Muncie seven home runs in August. The Dodgers made a announcement today. They're guaranteeing his 2023 contract now. It was a club option for $13 million. They are now guaranteeing that $13.5 million with an extension, and they are deferring to 2024 with a $10 million uh, club option. So that was big because I think it was the LA Times that revealed that they'd been working on it since July, and for Muncie, the uncertainty was kind of getting to him. And after it seemed like they had worked it out and they announced it a month later or whatever, that's when you notice Max Munzee started going on his hot tear. Yeah, I mean, ba- baseball is a mental game for sure. And so if you've got other things on your mind except baseball, then it's going to affect you. Clearly it did. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, you've got a it's, – it's, it's a perfect marriage for both sides. I mean, just the fact that Muncie has – you know, struggled um, at times during the 21 season and 2022, obviously we've seen his struggles. The Dodgers basically wanted to 
keep him and make sure that he's around because they have a lot of trust in him. And I love that. I mean, I think the Dodgers, you know, have so much trust in Max Muncy that they weren't going to give up on him no matter what. And this solidifies that not only uh, for the team, but also for Max Muncy to say like, no, you're, you are, you are going to be in, in the lineup every single day, you are our guy. And that's exactly what they did. It's, it's a great move. It's a brilliant move by an organization that continues to keep its players that are successful and that mean the most to them. And it's why there are a lot of poverty franchises out there that just let go of their stars, trade them, you know, sell them or whatever. But like teams like the Dodgers and the Braves, they keep their guys around and they try and keep that nucleus there, um, which which is phenomenal. Max Muncy in August before today was hitting 327 with a 400 on base percentage and an 1100 OPS with seven home runs and 15 RBIs. Today, he walked twice and singled as well. So he's clearly found his stride here. This contract was a no brainer for both sides. You get him at fair value. Uh, if anything, he's probably might be undervalued next year. And you, you just push back his, his team option one year uh, before some of these prospects come up. He, there's going to be a spot for him on this team next year. That's, that's a no brainer. Uh, and I'm, I'm just frankly glad that he's, he's back. They were never going to let him go regardless, especially yeah. with Trey Turner being a free agent. And then obviously we'll see what they do with Cody Bellinger. That'll be interesting as well. Reyes Maranta was DFA'd. He was already claimed by the Arizona Diamondbacks. El Tibu. The, there's a new big cactus in Phoenix, and it's Maranta. They did that to activate Dustin May. Brewstar Gratterall made his debut off the aisle in this recent Brewers game as well. Looks pretty good. Two strikeouts in a scoreless inning. Uh, I already mentioned Clayton Kershaw. Three simulated innings this afternoon. Uh, timeline two weeks or so. And then Blake Trinan, September 2nd is when they're locking him in kind of a curious case. Cause it was revealed that Andrew Friedman would have, if it, if it was Andrew Friedman's decision, he would have said you should get shoulder surgery, but I guess Blake Trinan is a man of the, the people he's going to fight through the pain and hopefully delay that till after the season. Don't you just the, love to hear that? He's the vessel. Isn't that just awesome? You don't see that very often. You know, you don't see a guy turn down shoulder surgery uh, in the name of a team very often. Uh, you know, you see other guys turn down shoulder surgeries because they think they're smarter than their team they play for. Uh, similarly, also take ball or whatever it was called and, and get suspended 80 games. Uh, but that's not Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan put off surgery, one, because he believed he could get back healthy, which it looks like if you've been following him in Oklahoma City, he looks pretty damn good. And two, because he's selfless and he wants to win again with this Dodgers team. He doesn't want to let his teammates down. Uh, you just love to see it. He's got freedom running through his damn veins, okay? You just love to see it. And we cannot wait to get him back to, on uh, September 2nd. What a patriot. The patriot. Two quick fan questions. First of all, first going up, uh, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Steve M. What keeps this Dodgers team from winning it all? I, I got that one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, health obviously is, is the big one. Um, that is the be all end all for this team because when healthy, I don't think anybody can beat them. So 
that's a big question mark. But I also think what what might keep them from winning it all is if, you know, their offense just decides to go ice cold and they can't score runs. Because I have so much trust in this pitching staff. I've never had more trust in a pitching staff in my life. Um, last year, I had all, all the confidence in just the bullpen, not so much in the starting rotation. But this year, it's both, especially with trying and coming back. It's, it, it is one of the, the best constructed pitching staffs I've ever seen. The offense, too, is one of the best constructed offenses I've ever seen. But, you know, it, 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 you, you run into a guy like, you know, Eric Lauer, for whatever reason, the Dodgers can't figure him out you're going to, you're going to run into a couple of Eric Lowers in the postseason, And so it's, it, it's going to be that timely hitting. It's going to be what the Dodgers have done, you know, all season long. I mean, they, they don't really have a lot of guys that are leading the league in home runs because they're manufacturing runs at a ridiculous rate. So if they can continue to do that, pass the baton, that whole deal and scratch runs across whenever they can, They'll be fine, but I think that, that that would be the downfall if they don't make it. They do have baseball's two leading hitters, though, in Freddie Freeman, 151, and Trey Turner, 150 base hits. Unbelievable. So, so there's three things that can stop the Dodgers. One is the Atlanta Braves. Two is the New York Mets. And three is Dave Roberts. If they can overcome those three things, they will win the World Series. And I will guarantee if they get to the World Series, they will win it because nobody in the American league can compete with this well-rounded roster. There's just nobody that can do it. Spencer Strider and Max Fried is da- are dangerous. Uh, Jacob deGrom and Scherzer when healthy are dangerous factor in Diaz in that equation as well. The Mets lineup is pretty vulnerable. However, the Braves lineup, however, is extremely dangerous. So look, it's those two teams, Dave Roberts, pitching decisions and the ability to hit with runners in scoring position. That's it. Dave Roberts was my answer as well, because there's just too many bad memories. We don't need to go down that lane once again. If he can, if me, he can me... lock it in like he did after game four of the World Series, like how he did game five and game six, then we're in business. What happens to Dave Roberts if this team doesn't win a World Series? And wait, and we and we see some some bonehead moves in there. Nothing. He'll be in the dugout next year, no matter what. Guaranteed. They're going to win 110 games. If they can't, but my my point is, is if they can't, if they can't win with this roster, what roster can they win a a damn World Series? Well, it depends how it. It obviously depends. You okay? If the the offense is is performing and the the starters are performing, and you know he brings in Kimbrel three straight times and he blows three straight saves, then then maybe we're having a, a conversation, but. If it's if they just get bounced because they got beat, then then there's no debate whatsoever. It'll have to be a grady little catastrophic move, probably, to get the organization to let go of Dave Roberts. Uh, they're probably going to break the all-time wins total this season, but I think they don't care. I think it's World Series or bust. I, like you just said, Jake, what more can you do roster construction wise than what they currently have? That's my thing. There's like no, last, there are. There are no that holes. Season, you give you give him a pass because of the injuries, I suppose. But he still made a couple bonehead moves, and you could argue that he burnt. He was the one that burned out Max Scherzer, and then he essentially burned out Julio Urias by bringing him out of Game Two and getting cute, and he couldn't recover. He was out of gas when he had to make his Game Four start. Yeah, that's no, that's it was not awful. enough. 
not and, enough and, rest. Yeah, and that was the thing. It was like the, the the bullpen was elite. You didn't need to go to Arias anyway. I didn't mind that move. <laughs> I didn't mind it at the time, but afterwards, I I did. So it didn't work. We already we we kind of previewed it. We we haven't actually had any questions on him yet, which is kind of surprising. But Chris Taylor has really been in a funk. 48 strikeouts over his last 101 at bats. That's like a that's basically a 48% strikeout rate. We might as well say he's striking out half of his at bats. Uh kind of like what we, you guys more more you about Justin Turner for sure, Jake. And then I think all of us with Max Muncy, you just you let it play out for the next month or so because there's just too big of a cushion that they're not going to blow the division. Obviously they probably locked up the one seed. Chris Taylor is way too big of a postseason hitter, even bigger than belly to just let him right on the bench. And he still makes tremendous plays defensively. He's already done that in the last couple games. He had a big catch against the Marlins, I want to say. And then obviously the big one in Milwaukee, so he's got the defense. The home runs are there. I mean, how do you beat a three home run game in a postseason series with the Braves? The walk-off wild card home run against the Cardinals. When the when the lights are the brightest, he is typically a guy that just shows up. 2018 co co NLCS MVP as well with Bellinger. So it was with Turner in 2017. Oh, uh, thank you for correcting me. Um, but yes. Regardless, too many big postseason moments for Taylor to just let him ride the bench. I do have some um, some open-mindedness, though, to get Joey Gallo some big at-bats as well, maybe split the time. If you have to platoon with Taylor, you know, so be it. I mean, Gallo has a 1,000 OPS and is a tremendous defender as well with the Dodgers. The one player that I'm not so certain yet that I want to bench Taylor in favor for is Trace Thompson. As tremendous as he's been in the regular season, what what postseason experience does Trace have? None. None. And that's what terrifies me. They did this with Matt Beatty a couple years. You know, he was a, a clutch pinch hitter. Then they would start him, and he would fade into the light. He hit and fourth it, that game, by the way. Oh, oh the, the 2019? Yes. Yeah he, he hit yeah, he batted fifth. Fifth, my bad. But whatever. Awful. Same thing. You, you got to play your veterans in these big spots. I do not care. And so if it's an elimination game, you got to have Chris Taylor in there. I'm sorry. I agree. Although I, I think Trace Thompson has done everything he can to deserve to play in the postseason, you know? And I think if, if Taylor keeps up this streak of 22 strikeouts in his last 50 at bats, uh, even worse over the hundred bat sample size that Kevin just mentioned, then it is a conversation. Uh, obviously Dave is going to trust his guys. He's one of the most loyal managers out there. So if it's game one of the NLDS, Chris Taylor is going to be in there. But I mean, if, if it gets to a point when he's still struggling in the, in the postseason, you may see an AJ Pollock situation where he does get the bench. And I think, and I think all the players understand that too. They all, they all, they've all bought in. They are the most unselfish bunch I've ever seen as a fan. So they've all bought in, especially Chris Taylor. He's a soldier, so he'll he'll do what's asked of him. There's no ego there with him, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I mean Dave. I mean they they all want to win, and they all want to play for Dave Roberts. They love playing for him, and they want to win. And it's it's you know it's business as usual every single day. How do we get the W? And so that 
that is definitely a, a great thing to have uh, in, a, in a playoff team. Last question comes from DZ Clark 98. And God, I, I do not like these types of questions, but I'll, I'll read it anyways, because got to support the listeners. Who do you pick to bring back long-term between Julio Urias and Walker Bueller? You have to pick one because I think they are both free agents at the end of the 2023 season. God, that's a tough one. I do not like that question either. If Walker Bueller had not done what he did this year, I think that I think, and, and he was typical Walker Bueller. I think that answer would be a little easier to make. Um, it would be Walker Bueller for me, but I don't know, man. Julio Arias is just a, just been a model of consistency for a long time. He's been with the organization for so long. And so, and he's still very young. I mean, Walker Bueller is young too. Um, but the, the Tommy John deal scares me from Bueller. Um, I, you don't know how long he's going to be out with this new injury. Um, we'll know tomorrow. And so, right. We'll know tomorrow, but, um, yeah, I mean, based on that, I think I gotta go Julio if we're if we have to make a decision right now. I can't really answer this question honestly. I know it's a cop out, but I mean, they've both been so good, and I think especially since 2020, Julio Arias has been legitimately over since 2020 a top five pitcher in baseball. He's got to really be do. the most. He's got to be the most underrated starter. Yeah, he does not get enough baseball. respect that he should from the national media and other teams' fans. Uh, but he's just been that guy. He just has been the one of the most consistent pitchers in all of baseball. So I don't know. I mean, a factor is Julio Arias is a Boris guy and Walker Bueller's not something to consider. So if, the, if Walker Bueller does have to get Tommy John surgery, then it's going to probably be pretty easy to re-sign Bueller he'll, because he'll have no choice but to sign probably a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, with Julio Urias, as David said, Boris client, he's going to get a big contract. It might be almost as big as what like David Price got potentially if he has another great season. I'm talking six years, thirty million annually. Yep. Easy. I don't know if the Dodgers would necessarily necessarily pay that. I think uh, with Walker Bueller, I don't know. There's just something about him that makes me pick him. I, I don't know. I think it might, part of it's I'm just scared. The, the Urias shoulder surgery he had, which, which knocked him out for two seasons, worried that that could come back to bite him in a few years. I've seen a lot of pitchers get major surgeries like that. And then they flame out after a few years. And I, I don't know. That's he's like Jake said, he's been in the organization a long time, which is a good thing, but a bad thing. If he was basically a pro at 16, he's probably not going to be very good at the age of 32. Let's be honest. There's going to be a lot of mileage on his arm. Madison Bumgarner is another perfect example. He's like 32, 33. Left-handers also have shorter careers on average. Yes, that is also a good point as well. So, I mean, either way, you're good, you know. I do think the Dodgers are going to have to pick one, and it's going to be a very tough decision when it's time to decide. Luckily, there's a lot of time in between now and that moment. So, it may the decision may be made for them. And the, the pitching in the farm is absolutely loaded. It's the best it's ever been. Yep. Pitching wise. Absolutely. 
All right. Pedro Baez was released and that's all I got. Anything else you guys wanted to cover real quick? Yeah, I have something to throw out there since we've not really discussed this at all on in any, any podcast episode from what I can remember, but it is a weird one. How do we feel about Dino Ebel as a third base coach? <laughs> uh, there have been some, I mean, gotta love the passion, love when he gets mic'd up in spring training. He's obviously a really, really smart baseball guy. He spent all those years under Mike Sosha. And he's been, you know, a solid citizen uh, as as a third base coach and as as a coach in this. <laughs> I don't know. My parents Pays use that phrase all the time. And votes every every four years. My parents use that phrase all the time. You know, when you have like <laughs> phrases from your parents, you just like use, and it's just the oldest phrase in the book. Anyway, um, solid citizen, and he, but he does have some questionable sends, and tonight was one of them when he. I sent actually Jeff- liked the send today. I liked it. I didn't like it only because you got to know how slow Justin Turner, Justin Turner is slower than you think he is. I agree. But Yelich is also has a noodle arm. He had to make a perfect throw and he did. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, yes, Uh, it could go either way on, on that specific one. The only reason I didn't like it is because we got to keep Turner healthy. You know, you can't be throwing his 37 year old body around, you know, diving head first, you know, at the plate and when you got a 20 game lead in a division. So I didn't like it for that reason, but if that's a playoff game, you bet your ass I'm setting Justin Turner with Yelich in left field hundred percent. Yes. That specific one could have gone either way. I, 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 I totally agree with you, but overall, what do we think about Dino Ebel? There's been some questionable calls in there. I think he's fine. You know, I think he's better than Chris Woodward. Better than Chris Woodward. I don't know. Oh my God. That. Chris Woodward. <laughs> go i thought you said no yeah oh. like you can't have that and i i don't think dino would allow that you know i think Dino's going to be in your face about what we're doing here we're not just going to be like well i thought you said no i think Dino's going to be screaming from the mountaintops what the hell's run <laughs> yeah but the dodgers never got thrown out under woodward that's com- what kind of a statement is that it's true like i can't think of one catastrophic error well that you was- can think of the most catastrophic error that was the Chris the, Taylor Astros. That's the crowd play. drowning them out. I can't necessarily fault Woodward I on that. I can. And you at have, least you, you have, can get thrown out. I mean, you have at least one the job. Run- you get paid to do one job and you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. Period. And I haven't seen Dino do that. How long has Dino been with us? Since 2020? I guess. I think so, yeah. So does he have a World Series ring with us? I feel like he does. Yeah, he he does because Woodward was gone. Okay, so we won a World Series with Dino. So Dino's good in my book. I don't think he's added much value, but I also don't think he's hurt the team. He's just that's there. that's literally all you can ask for in a third base coach to not hurt the team. Right. Don't hurt us. I just want to put it on our radar. Just 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 food for thought as as we move down towards the uh, the playoff stretch. My other quick thing, I want to burn these city connect uniforms to the ground. I hate them. They look like pajamas. They don't play well in them. They're dumb and they're stupid. And, and I just please God, don't, don't put them on during the playoffs. Do you have a, do you have stats to back up that up? I or? wish I did. I, I don't even know how to find, how I would even okay. find those stats. All right. They're at least zero and two with like one run scored. I think. It's right. just every time numbers. I look up, they 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 can't hit in those uniforms. They are pretty bad. All right, I got a quick out of left field, and if we've already 
done this one before. Stop me and I'll edit this out. But I want to talk about movies. And where I'm going with this are movies are just too damn long. Can I continue? I don't think we've had that take. Okay, good. So I don't know what's going on in Hollywood, but why does every freaking movie have to be two and a half to three hours long now? Back in my heyday when I was growing up, it was 90 minutes. It was enough content. You know, occasionally two hours if it's a great action movie or Oscar buzz nominated type of movie. But now it's like everything is two and a half to three hours. I don't need to see a five minute scene where Sally Jane is taking a shower and then taking a shit. And then there's no, not even any boob action. Like, what are we doing here? There's just so much filler, constant scenes of people driving in cars, meaningless conversations. You got to insert character Z now with their 30 seconds of fame. So if there was more, if there were more breasts, Kevin, you would, you would accept a longer film. That's what made Titanic so successful, in my opinion. What? So I kind of agree with you. I think two hours is the perfect length for the movie. I think anything over two hours, it better be a damn fucking good movie. Because if you're pushing two hours in this movie is, is whatever, then what the hell are we doing here? Exactly. I, and especially if you're like me and you watch pretty much every Dodger game, that's three hours. I don't have time to dedicate another three hours to a movie. That's six hours of my life. I still have not watched... Thing- I still have not watched The Irishman because it's like, dude, I this is too much anxiety. I can't sit here for three and a half hours. I, I, no, I, 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 same, same, same for me. That's why I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Uh, but very quickly, um, the one thing that get, came to mind when we we're talking about this is the new Top Gun movie, where that was good though. Great, no, no, but great film, perfect length. But they could have cut out the entire like love plot line the whole him with jennifer connelly was just awful it didn't make sense she was bad the whole thing was bad all i wanted was to get back to the action that would have that would have taken out at least 20 minutes so there's a lot of ways you can cut but i think one thing that they do like or why why maybe the movies are longer is for streaming purposes because they want to keep people engaged longer and they want them on their platform longer that's the only thing i can really come up with See, I don't think that's the case. I think they want people to go to the movie theaters, but now everyone just is too set in their ways. Like, I have to have that. I have to have that. And it's being counterproductive. And now no one wants to go to a movie theater because no one wants to sit in there for three hours and then have half hour previews on top of that. You get there at seven o'clock and next thing you know, you're gunning home at 11. It's ridiculous. You know what? A bigger gripe I have is if you say a movie's going to start at 7.15, the preview should happen before 7.15. You know, That's a good point. It's not... The movie's not starting at 7.15. It's starting at 7.30. So tell me it starts at 7.30. That's it. And that's all we got time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast, powered by Fansided. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. Thanks again to Ryan Pepio for joining the show. And that's all we got. You'll hear from us next week. Go Dodgers. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.